You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. In the name of Allah, most gracious, ever merciful, good morning, welcome, assalamu alaikum, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. From Tuesday morning breakfast show on the 9th of August 2022, with myself, Kayum, and we have with us Brother Bashir. Um, as usual, we're going to be talking about uh, two very relevant topics which affect us, or we talk about, or... Um, something that we're involved in on a regular basis. And uh, those two topics this morning from 7.30 onwards, uh, the first one will be, uh, what will be the first topic, is how can the criminal justice system be improved for women? Um, but before we get to um, our you know usual um, spiel, let's have a look at what's happening with the weather because yesterday was another scorching day. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not going to be as bad at all for some people as good uh, as a couple of days ago. But um, today it's likely to be another warm, dry, sunny day for most areas. Scotland will be cloudier with the outbreaks of rain in the northwest during the morning, which will become light and patchy by the afternoon. This evening, cloud in Scotland will become confined to the very, very far north uh, with the odd spot of drizzle. Possible elsewhere, it will be a dry, clear and calm night. Um, mist patches developing in Northern Ireland. And, uh, you know, the the heat uh, kind of uh, hasn't really gone away. Yesterday was kind of muggy. It was humid. Um, um, over the weekend, it was it was hot. And at the annual convention in uh, in uh, in Hampshire, um, the weather was kind of uh, kind of kind to us. We needed the kind of weather uh, as uh, it was a comeback um, you know, convention, um, even though there was a skeleton uh, gathering that will happen last year. But this year kind of was uh, the comeback. Um, of of conventions and one hopes and prays that this will be, um, you know, of the coming years uh, we will be going back to normal or um, as His Holiness Hazim uh, Zamzuram, the fifth caliph of the Promised Messiah, may Allah strengthen his hand, um, talked about how the numbers will be increasing uh, and going up to 50,000 people at, at the convention. Um, it is hot. Um, make sure that you are drinking a lot of fluids. Um, when I say fluids, ideally stick to water and, uh, and keep yourself hydrated. And, you know, one thing people do tend to do in this kind of weather, they um, um, they they don't cover their head. Brother Bashir, mm. morning, peace be on you. Uh, peace be on you as well, uh, Brother Kim. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, you're definitely right about the weather. Um, people really have to start looking after um, their heads, you know. UV damage is a real thing, especially to your hair, um, you know. This uh, talking about this week, uh, as you were talking about the weather, um, you know we have tomorrow 30 degrees, Thursday 34 degrees, and uh, it follows suit from there. Yeah. Stays at stays consistent and all the way until Sunday. Really, um, on Monday the 15th we have um, what seems to be a thunderstorm as well, so there will be rain um, on that day as well. So humidity mm. will kind of increase. The reason I mention hats is because when you look at countries like New Zealand, Australia, South Africa. Even when it goes to Middle East, mm. it's the norm to mm. cover your head. Yeah, it's it's not. And in, in this country, people kind of get get excited and they kind of derobe. Mm. They seem to want to be tanned mm. and not realizing the dangers of prolonged time in the sun. Mm. Um, you know, for for you know those few minutes, fantastic and whatnot. But if if you go to countries which are uh, normally um, hot, um, people tend to stay covered, mm. um, it, or or they stay indoors. It's just interesting in general, I guess, because um, 
uh, you know, back maybe 60, 70 years ago, everyone covered their head regardless yes. of the weather. Um, it was just, uh, I guess... It, it was, was a societal yeah, norm. Yeah. You know, men had uh, um, hats on of yeah. different sorts, different mm. kinds, and uh, um, and ladies kind of... The headscarf was a norm mm. as well. Mm. Um, even though in today's day and age, it is, um, you know, supposedly... Uh, a, a garment of oppression, hmm. and but that's another topic. Um, shall we go over what's happening in the news headlines? Um, um, you know, the the Independent, uh, sorry, I should say the I newspaper um, covers uh, the tensions in trust camp over the cost of living help. Cost of living is becoming, um, and and rightfully so, uh, uh, it's been in the headlines and and. It needs to kind of get away from these two candidates because cost of living is more than a can- the conservative leadership battle. It's cost of living is a real issue which is going to be affecting the vulnerable and the elderly mm-hmm. in this country um, in a in a massive way. Um, but clearly, these two pe- one of these two people is going to be the prime minister, um, which uh, which of course does make a difference. And and because one of both of them are, f- are quite far away from each other in respect of how they are going to be helping. Which is really strange, isn't it? Because they're so uh, they're from the same um, even party, and yeah. you know, there's so much uh, sort of civil war going on there. Well, and that's the key word. I think that's the correct word you're using: civil war. I think it's it it's uh, uh, is it is it time that uh, you know United Kingdom looked at maybe alternative uh, uh, or somebody kind of uh, puts the energy in and creates maybe a centrist centrist party you know we've because labor have kind of gone left mm. um but then they went too much left with with Jeremy Corbyn mm. um now they have uh, Sakia Starmer and they still they're not left they sent her something um but uh, nobody needs to, nobody actually knows what they're doing mm. in a sense because they, they don't talk about what they're going to do um and uh, conservative as you so rightly said they're in civil war mm. um the only party who seems to be um kind of a bit stable but they're kind of away nobody's talking about them is uh, are the greens and the liberal democrats mm. and and uh, you know th- then they're in the north you have got the the SNP so we we're going through strange times but these it's it's frustrating because these are the kind of times when parties need to kind of get together and worry about the country that they mm. always talk about mm. um that uh, you know it is about the people and about this but there seems to be playing politics with people's lives yeah, uh, there's a lack of leadership. Most definitely, it's it's a uh, it's a case that has been ongoing for you know however many centuries since politics was invented, or um, you know. But uh, so you know, occasionally you get the one uh, one in a hundred thousand, one in a thousand who you know steps up and decides that they're going to put um, you know the country's interests before their own. Um, and we we hope to see someone like that uh, right now because we do need it. Yeah, we do need it. But uh, um, I love your optimism. Um, <laughs> but uh, we are talking about the political minefield, and uh, and I agree with you. There is sometimes that one person does kind of raise their head, but the quicker they raise their head, the quicker the vultures come out mm. to 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 bury them as well. Yeah, um, because it's about self. The, today's politics is about self interest. It's not about the. Uh, the, the, it's not about governance. It's not about justice. Mm. That's why His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Masood Ahmad Mella strengthened his hand. The fifth caliph of the Promised Messiah has has been stressing on, on on, uh, on all the world leaders that they needs to that they need to come on par with 
uh, with with the basics um, of of humanity, which mm. is to deliver justice, to be, you know, to to have fairness, equity, um, to, to you know, not to kind of. Um, it seems to me the world, especially the developed world, I I tend to find that the developed Western world is imploding. Mm. Um, those days where the, you know there were. Um, you know, masters, or they so called themselves masters of the free world, or the, the the leaders of the free world. If if you look at the policies of the free world, it's not free anymore. Mm. Everything is is we're going to everything is actually being purchased. Mm. Um, everything is is like uh, subject to. We will give you assistance subject to. You know, and and um, in the name of fairness, one was to look internationally. There's a did did anybody talk? But does anybody talk about in the mainstream? Um, you know, news about the war, the two-day war again, the attacks mm. um, between Israel and Palestine. Mm. Did anybody talk about, you know, um, in, in Ukraine, they're, they're reporting, rightfully so, the death of children. Mm. Um, you know, if one child dies, they, they you know, they, they are uh, rightfully so, mm. um, raising awareness. In Israel, yes, in, in Palestine, um, you know, children, six children have died. Mm. and But clearly, it seems... That uh, to to the Western media, they 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 weren't uh, they weren't children, mm. um, and is is that kind of ju- injustice, mm. which actually um, they just don't realise that unfair um, news um, and and treatment, um, an unfair treatment, actually um, triggers people mm. to become radical. If news does what its responsibility is to be unbiased and talk about, report exactly what they see, hmm. then people will the the, the news organisations will will kind of gain credibility. People will listen, and people will not develop um, um, a negative mindsets hmm. about um, a news media. At the moment, you know, it, 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 news organisations are are um, are businesses. They're not. They're not. It's not about journalism anymore. It's about who is paying, who owns what corporation, and who's paying who to to you know to 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 cover what story. Yeah, it's it's definitely like having um, you know people definitely have biases, and you know it's whoever's behind those biases um, that really dictates what goes on in the news, and you know there is there is. Um, issues with trying to be unbiased as well, because if you if you um, if your scope is unlimited, then that means you must cover everything, and um, that is very strenuous to do. Like, where is your boundary? The boundary is um, you know not even to the end of space. It's or to the center of the earth. It's everywhere. You have to cover everything, and that can be quite difficult as well. But um, y- your point is very valid as well. Um, you know, talking about how. Um, you know, for example, talking about Palestine and then talking about Ukraine, um, how one is clearly favoured over the other. And the disparities, yeah, unbelievable. And I don't even need to say which one, and we already know which That's right. it is. Yeah. Um, and you know, with that, um, with that being said, uh, it's it's this mentality, it's like this first world mentality that um, perhaps, you know, the pe- the citizens of Ukraine are superior to the citizens of Palestine. That, Which is unfair on mm. the the refugees and the and the and the people in Ukraine. Yeah, because that comparison suffering. is unfair, which is being made not by us, mm. but by mainstream, mm. by the, the treatment that's been given to them. The Ukrainian are the same as 
any people of any color, creed, irrespective of mm. who's being affected by war um, or, or is in trouble for whatever reason, mm. are the same. Mm. The problem is that they're not treated the same. One is is treated, as so many journalists have, mainstream journalists have talked about, blonde hair, blue eyes, mm. uh, civilized. Fact is, you know, even one looks at, I was we were discussing the Rwanda policy yesterday. It's mm. all about, you know, Iraq. It's all about Syria. It's all about Afghanistan. Mm. It's, it's all about Muslims. Mm. Why is it suddenly the Muslims are, are being targeted? Mm. Uh, because, you know, the, the, the first world needs an enemy that they need to divert the attention of the public. Um, and, and, and they're successfully doing that. Hence why populism has been, has been on the up uh, around the world for the past few years. Mm. It's okay to be racist. It's okay to be Islamophobic. Mm. It's okay when you have people within your respective parties, irrespective of which floor you're on. Um, they, they, you know, it's, it's one of those things where um, when you talk to a party, be it Labour, be it Conservative, be it whoever, be it dem- Democrats or Republicans or whichever whichever side of the pond you're on, they point towards another person who probably is, uh, you know, claiming to be a Muslim and says, well, I don't suffer from Islamophobia. Hmm. Well, someone, if you're in power, you're not going to suffer from Islamophobia, are you? Hmm. The, it's, the, it's, it's Joe Bloggs on the road. It's the, it's the common man who hmm. is a Muslim living in these countries who is going to suffer Islamophobia. Hmm. So when, when people point towards it, I always find it fascinating when... When people say, "Well, look, look at look at uh, look at the the consensus of our party. Hmm. They are so and so. Are Muslim? So many are black. So many are Asian. So many are this and that." And it always reminds me of those days in the early days when you used to have a, that work colleague who made a racist comment, hmm. and then he suddenly reali- realizes you're there, and then he looks at you and he says, "Well, I don't mean you. I mean <laughs> all the others. You're different." <laughs> It, it it's that notion mm. that politicians tend to go for now. The, the way, that's how they that's how they tackle this this injustice. But you know we we are going off on a tangent, and, yeah. and, uh, and uh, it is it is a, it is a it's a vast topic mm. um, to, to 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 discuss. But the Guardian has reported on warnings that Liz Truss uh, um, Liz Truss's emergency tax cuts could could actually cost more than fifty billion a year. And and it would fail to help the worst of deal um, to de- dealing with the, the the rising cost of living. The paper says her, her rival, former Chancellor Rishi Sunak, threw down the gauntlet by announcing he would build build he would build on the existing 15 billion package of support measures, contrasting them with Liz Truss's reluctance to commit to benefit increase or further rebates. I mean, it's it's this this war seems to be getting 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 dirtier and dirtier. And uh, it's uh, it uh, as you so rightly said. I keep. I think uh, you know the word you used was uh, um, civil war. Mm. Um, but going away from politics, um, um, driest year since 1976. Um, again, we, we're talking about uh, you know hard times and the first world. In fact, globally, there is a recession coming, and mm. the recession is economic. But there seems to be an, a, a, cl- a climate recession as well mm. in respect of these countries where um, uh, there is so much utility, there's so much energy, there's so much, so many uh, um, uh, natural resources, or so much, uh, uh, you know, so much in abundance of things like water, gas, electric. Mm. They have over the years kind of not appreciated and, and abused and wasted so much. Well, and there's going to be, you know, there there are already in place host pipe bans. Yeah, you cannot 
kind of wash your cars, you cannot uh, water the lawn. Um, excessive use of water is already, I think it's in Kent, Sussex, and it's coming in Hampshire, and they're talking about how it's going to be coming in the southeast. And this ban normally, which is normally a month um, or two weeks, this they're talking about it's going to be here probably till the end of October. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're saying that the, the the condition, the conditions are such that uh, um, it, it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, it's going to be a longer period of time because they're they're not predicting that they're predicting there's there's going to be a severe lack of rain, mm. and the reservoirs are empty and and the only way that they can possibly think of is uh, uh, is is a hosepipe band. It's, I find it strange. I always think God works in mysterious mm. ways. United Kingdom is an island. Mm. We're surrounded by water, and we can't use any of it. <laughs> we can't use any of it. Yeah. There, there, there's a message there, isn't it? Mm. You know, again, you've got to have faith. You've got to believe in God mm. to wonder that God has given, had God has placed us dead in the middle of the ocean, yet we have a drought. Mm. What's going on? Yeah. What's going on? Maybe, maybe we're doing something wrong. Mm. Maybe, you know, it, it's maybe we need to kind of uh, uh, rethink um, how we are doing things. Mm. Um, yeah, of course, it's it's a uh, it's an easy analogy to make. Uh, I'm sure there are technicalities behind it, but on the face of it, it is. It is. Uh, I think there's a message to be had there, and, mm. and I think uh, uh, that that uh, people do need to kind of, um, you know, change the way they think and have have a bit more uh, respect for the resources that God has uh, God has given uh, to to these countries who who are more who waste more than anyone else, not knowingly. That there are countries out there that can survive on the wastage that these people have, and maybe have prosperous, uh, um, um, you know, futures if they were to kind of utilize their resources in, in, in a better, in a prudent way. Hmm. Um, we are coming up to seven thirty a.m. Any news? Any news that you want to talk about? Any anything of interest for you, Bashir? Um There was a a, a certain uh, topic I did see uh, this morning that I thought was worth What's covering. affecting the young generation today? Um, well, this this uh, might be in, in the middle of our generations, okay. so between uh, mine and yours, but Olivia Newton-John um, uh, passes away. So this is uh, the actress who played in Greece. Mm-hmm. Um, she died at uh, 73. Uh, the British-born uh, Australian singer and actress was best known for playing um, Sandy in Greece, one of the most successful film musicals ever made. A Greek co-star, John Travolta, said she made all of our lives so much better while its director said, what you see is what you get with her. She died peacefully at her California ranch, surrounded by family and friends. Um, I don't actually remember uh, what the plot of Greece was. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen it either. Like it's an old film. Yeah, it's a very old film, nineteen seventies. Yeah, um, uh, I think nineteen seventy eight, seventy nine, mm. probably eighty. Yeah, probably I was eight, nine years old. Oh, okay. So, I uh, look. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> you, you talked about generation between me and you. I don't think you were even born. <laughs> you know, it's. But what about what about from a political, social, uh, social economic perspective? Um, you know, what's what's your take on on, uh, on on the generations, your generation being able to deal with cost of living, or is that something your generation even thinks about? Um, I think, I think uh, my generation is concerned with, um, I guess, trying to find something um, to 
to voice their opinion for. On what though? So for what's what's important to your generation today? Um, it's it's hard to speak collectively. Is it climate? Is it climate? Is the question I'm asking is mm. the past twenty years? Mm. Um, not just your generation, even you know me, you, uh, uh, kind of a, a median of of of, uh, of of three generations have had mm. excellent economic times mm. where we've had the facility and the ability to have things in abundance. Mm. Because money has been easy, mm. yeah. Um, but people of my generation, or above me, mm. or maybe one below me, have seen or seen uh, um, flickers of hard times. Yeah, your generation hasn't. Ha- yeah, we haven't. You have no idea. Your idea of of uh, and and again, it's not a criticism. Mm. It's about prep. Yeah. Is is it because you haven't had? The opportunity, or you've been lucky in that sense, where you haven't uh, been, you haven't kind of seen and experienced tough times. And I'm talking economics, yeah. Um, because you know, whether we like it or not, economics is what drives everything else one one does in your life. Mm. So, are you prepared for um, doubling of of uh, uh, you know? Of iPhones, hmm. of of Androids, you know, or the lack of supply in in your favorite trainers hmm. or your books. Um, what is what is the the what is the general consensus of your generation? I would I would agree with you when you said we haven't really prepared for it at all. Hmm. Um, I think most of the issues nowadays are, are focused on uh, social issues, such as um, you know, for example, um, there's a group called Extin- Extinction Rebellion. And that is a uh, focus on climate change. So you know things like climate change, um, uh, BLM, Black Lives Matter. You know these groups like this um, are, um, I think, the central focus on on the issues that are maybe uh, seen as more minor, um, or or have been seen as more minor, but are becoming more prevalent and are being uh, brought up. Um, but you know the issue is that we are we are um, this has been possible. Because there's been funding for it, mm. there's been money for it, um, and you know when you can, when there is money for something, you can obviously do uh, tackle a problem. Um, but the issue here is that, as you rightly said, we're entering, uh, we're going to be entering a recession. Um, or oh, we already in one. Yeah, I mean the fuel prices already say that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it is about prepping ourselves. We have done a few shows on the Voice of Islam, which you can. Uh, go back and listen to on um, the Voice of Islam website, um, essentially talking about the recession and how you can be prepared for it and what what needs to be done. Um. Wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, You're listening to The Breakfast Show with myself, Kayyum, and our younger brother, uh, Bashir, and uh, we're going to take a very quick break. uh, And when we come back, we're going to go on to our first topic of the morning, which is how can the criminal justice, justice system be improved for for women so do stay tuned grab grab yourself a cup of coffee um or or a toast uh, toast you mean i mean toast um and you know um try a bit of marmite uh, and uh, give me a call on 02086787878 and tell me whether it was a good thing or a bad thing um and uh, or join us on our on our social media platforms at voice of Islam uk or email us uh, via our website www dot voice of islam dot co dot uk do stay tuned we'll be right back after this brief message Allah. 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 
You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. The Holy Prophet foretold of a Prophet, one which would be the second coming of Jesus Christ, a Mahdi, a reformer, who would revive Islam and lead it forward into a new era of success. The Holy Prophet requested his companions to convey his salam to this reformer of the new age. He said, When you hear the advent of the Mahdi, then enter into his fold, even if you have to walk on snow by crawling and creeping to reach him. The role and sole purpose of this subordinate prophet was made clear. He would revive Islam, unite all its sects, and establish a caliphate which would strengthen Islam and lead it forward into a new age. I give you the glad tidings of Mahdi, who will be raised in my Ummah at a time of digression and distress of people. He will fill the earth with equity and justice as it is filled with oppression and violence. But how could this promised man recognize that he was the one? It could only be through a revelation from God, and this revelation was received by the noble and humble Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad in 1891 in the small town of Qadian to the east of Damascus. It is now the duty of every Muslim to come forward and accomplish the appeal of the Holy Prophet to join in to the fold of this Prophet, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad the Reformer, the Mahdi, the Promised Messiah. I call to witness God Almighty who holds my life in His hand that compared to every other soul, He has gifted me with overwhelmingly greater ability and access to the understanding and the deeper wisdom of the Holy Qur'an. If any of the Maulvis who oppose me in response to my repeated invitations had attempted to outshine me in the exposition of the Holy Qur'an, God would have most certainly frustrated his attempts and exposed his ignorance. Hence, the understanding of the Qur'an which has been granted me is a sign of Allah, the Glorious, and I have full trust in Allah's grace that soon the world will begin to see that I am true in this claim. Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Welcome back to Tuesday morning. Is it Tuesday morning? It's Tuesday morning. It is Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning breakfast show. It is seven thirty-eight a.m. on the 9th of August, twenty twenty-two, and we are going to be talking about uh, how can the criminal justice uh, system be improved for women. Bashir, what's the gist of the the story uh, of this particular topic? So 
the gist of this uh this story as usual is uh an interesting one to, to say the least criminal justice systems tend to focus on the needs of a predominantly male population of offenders and prisoners although the global number of women in prison is growing at a faster rate uh, so in this segment we will be discussing how the criminal justice system can be improved for women so you know to look at some of the points we can discuss here you know what is the criminal justice system and what role does it play in society well, looking at freedom of ste- uh, speech, once the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, uh, bought a camel from a Bedouin in exchange for about 90 kilos of dried dates. When the Prophet got home, he found that all the dates had gone. In all honesty and simplicity, he went to, to the Bedouin and said frankly to him, O man of God, I bought a camel in exchange for dried dates and I thought that I had that much many dates with me, but when I reached home, I discovered that I did not have that many dates. The Bedouin said, Oh, defrauder. The people began to tell the Bedouin off for talking to the messenger of God in that manner. But the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Let him be. And this is from Masnad Ahmad uh, bin uh, Humble, uh, volume 6, page 268, published in Beirut. Um, and then we look at tolerance. You know, giving other excellent examples of toleration, the Holy Quran explains that no matter what the circumstance, you are not to abandon tolerance, irrespective of the cruelties inflicted on you. Um, you're not to act uh, other than with justice and take revenge by being just as cruel. If you do that, you are misguided. To call you a Muslim would be meaningless. The Holy Quran states, And let not a people's enmity incite you to act otherwise than with justice. Be always just. That is nearer to righteousness. This is the standard of tolerance and justice in Islam. Islam advocates that you do not respond to the low and base allegations of the opponents because to do that would make you just as cruel. You can forgive uh, um, and then forgive. That is better. If you must seek revenge, then the com- rec- uh, recompense of an injury is no more than the injury inflicted upon you. So, uh, Brother Kuhn, what do you think of um, you know this, uh, this segment so far, you know, the criminal justice system, um, and how, how can it be improved? Um, for women is what we're looking at. Well, <coughs> criminal justice system. I mean, um, it it uh, it's a bit. Um, you know, it goes back to the topic we were having earlier about uh, um, in the West, um, everybody talks of freedom. Yet, when we are talking about uh, our first segment, we are talking about how women are treated differently than men, mm. um, and and this seems to be kind of the theme. Of of what is happening in the Western world over the or, and in the free world over the past few um, years, where you know um, either men are feeling oppressed because uh, supposedly women are raising their head and asking for equality, and women are saying that well, men are taking away our rights, um, and and there seems to be this this competition between men and women, um, and and of course that's reflected in 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 the system that uh, that uh, we are. Um, um, that that we're living in, mm-hmm. and um, you know, when and when when men are incarcerated, um, and uh, a, a rehabilitation system uh, is put in, in in is put in place, um, the same facilities and the same um, provisions are are not being provided um, for for the for for the for the women. I mean, criminal justice system is the is the set of government and private agency. 
and their purpose is to manage um, accused and sentenced sentenced criminals. And clearly that, that uh, there seems to be a, a disparity. It protects. The whole point is to protect the innocent and punish the guilty mm. and provide a fair justice system to, to help maintain order throughout the country. Um, so what's the, the, the main elements of the criminal justice system are um, law enforcement, which, mm. of course, is, is uh, you know, our, our policing. Um, we have the courts um, and the various correctional and rehabilitation facilities. We have the probation service. Of course, we have the prison service. And and the whole and it seems to me that in this country that 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 whole system, which is referred to as a criminal justice system, is is breaking up. There's no there's no cohesive um, there's no cohesive thinking. There's no um, there's no holistic approach. Um, you know the police uh, when they do catch the criminal, they 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 uh, you know the way they need to. Of course, they need to prove um, that uh, if they've arrested someone, that uh, it needs to be. Um, you know, it, it needs to be based around certain um, evidence and proofs, mm. and then it needs to be going to court. And the, when the and the courts, of course, have a certain regulations that mm. they have to, um, um, you know, they have to abide by. And then it goes to court, and it goes to the judge. Mm. And then what team seems to happen is that everybody thinks on a different level, on different rules. Whereas you would have thought, you would think that in a in a in a criminal justice system, people who are who are supposed to be protecting the society from crime, would would be thinking on the same level all the way to the top. When if somebody is caught, um, you know, doing a harm, the 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 thought of everyone delivering the the, the justice would be on the same page. Mm. But it sometimes seems to it works the way that when by the time the police arrest someone and by the time it gets they get sentenced, they probably or they don't get sentenced. The police are uh, always frustrated or, or surprised that uh, you know that the the effort that they put in in trying to prove someone doing um, or court catch somebody uh, you know um, uh, on a wrongdoing gets let off. Mm. Um, and uh, you know it's it's a it's it's a it's a broken system. Yeah, especially you know when you when this should be a profession where there's no um, per, uh, personal interest at all, um, and you know when when that does become included, uh, you know when certain as you were saying when certain police officers um, want to um, you know sort of convict someone. Uh, because they've sort of put their stakes on this person to be a uh, wrongdoer, um, then it can be very, very. Um, uh, te- it can be terrible, um, you know, because it might not be that um, you know the police officer or whoever it was got into um, you know a row with uh, the so-called offender. It might just even be um, what we see in America very widely is a you know a race issue. Um, you know, a uh, class issue. And when, when things like that happen, um, that really tells you how broken the system is. Um, you know, but, you know, obviously we have to look at the rights of humans and what role gender does play in the criminal justice system because that is the uh, topic we are focusing on uh, today. So in the criminal justice system, gender-based discrimination makes significant obstacles to gain access to justice for everyone. A long history of research shows that women and men are impacted differently by crime and engage differently with the criminal justice system. This issue affects women who still face barriers to you know, <coughs> access to justice, whether they are a witness, victims, 
alleged offenders or prisoners uh, to effectively address um, uh, gender-based discrimination against women in conflict with the law, a comprehensive set of targeted interventions uh, is needed to address the barriers women face in the criminal justice system. And also, the criminal justice system has historically been designed by men for men, which often means that laws and policies fail to take into account women's incarceration and uh, remedial pathways. Um, you know, see, I don't, I don't agree with that statement. Mm. I don't agree with that statement. I mean, that's, and it's, it's those kind of statements that people make mm. that causes problems. Mm. If. Uh, you know, the, the, of course, there are there would there would be different provisions and different needs, but to automatically just to make a blanket statement that people tend to make that that uh, and, and I'm sure that, that there are disparities. Mm. I am sure that they haven't thought of everything, yeah. and that they have geared up the system towards men because they are men who are designing it. But to to kind of just kind of make a, a, a swooping blanket statement. Um, you know, it, it it just just doesn't work, and, and you know to think that only uh, women would would uh, make a, um, a a fair system um, for the criminal justice system, um, which will deal with um, women prisoners. Mm. It it you know to to think that that uh, men can't think for women and women can't think for men, mm. you know, and and when I say you know. Thinking for them is for on their behalf mm. on the on their welfare. Is it it to me? It doesn't it doesn't make sense. Mm. That's like you know a, a female teacher can't think of uh, a, a male student. Mm. Well, the the point is to be fair, mm. is to provide justice, is to is to kind of treat you know in, in accordance with um, whatever the law says, but. Mm. Um, I'm sure the provisions and the rehabilitation um, systems or facilities or methods um, possibly could be different. Um, and, uh, of course, um, you know, th- they are two different genders mm-hmm. uh, and they are to be treated differently. So, you know, when women prisoners should have um, women officers, mm. um, you know, whether somebody is a criminal or not is irrespective, but... You know their dignity and their rights are their rights, and and you still um, need to think um, that they need to be treated um, in on a fair basis. And mm. you know to expect a male, um, you know um, maybe a, a prison officer to to kind of ha- dealing with the, de- dealing with women in a prison. Um, um, you know again th- there are so many uh, th- there's so many pockets that one can pick on mm. that th- that would cause problems there. Um, mm. So, so you know, yes, there needs to be uh, um, uh, 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 there needs to be a lot more thinking, and um, whenever policies are being strategized um, or they or they're being decided, there needs to be um, uh, a balanced panel of people that include men and women mm. to make a decision. So everyone's perspective is taken on board. Mm. But just to say that men do this and that's just the way it is, mm. and they don't know, they're only thinking of men. I think it's, uh, um, I, I think it doesn't work that way. I think this uh, statement in particular was focusing on the historical aspect, and uh, perhaps it didn't say in the statement, mm-hmm. um, uh, but um, perhaps to clarify a little bit, um, you know, the history behind, um, you know, criminal justice systems, as as with uh, the history behind a lot of things. 
um, you know, these were founded um, however many years ago, maybe in the 1800s, 1700s, um, and they've still stuck today. And these things, they, they trickle through as well. Um, and, you know, we see so many traditions that are carried out today just because um, they've been happening for so long. Um, so in in terms of how this system was founded, was it founded by men? Most likely it probably was. Um, but does that mean it still has to be run by men? It has to be run by men for women and men. That's um, or or in between. It doesn't. It doesn't even have to be the case anymore, as you rightly said. So I think I think the times are changing, and the foundations of what this was made on uh, is are, are changing as well. And and they do need to change. Otherwise, we we will be still in this uh, statement, as you were saying, of this sort of patriarchal um, nonsense. So, so what is the what is the solution? I mean, we we talk of the problem. There is clearly mm. um, issues. Um, what are what are the solutions? What's the Islamic solutions? Well, it's important to focus on justice, isn't it? Um, so, let's take a look at justice in this context, and let not a people's enmity incite you uh, to act otherwise than with justice. Be always just. That is nearer to righteousness. That is the Holy Quran, chapter five, uh, verse nine. Weigh all things with justice and fall not short of the measure. Uh, chapter 55, verse 10. Uh, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmad, uh, may Allah be pleased with him, the fifth uh, caliph of the promised Messiah, uh, has stated, I do not dispute the fact that it is uh, the responsibility of governments and leaders to look after their own people and to protect their interests. Certainly, as long as the leaders act with justice and do not infringe upon the rights of others, uh, attempts to better the lives of their citizens is a great virtue um, and that was stated on March 17, 2018 at uh, the annual peace symposium um, but Brother Kuhn what is the responsibility of the government uh, in all this? Well the responsibility of the government is to <coughs> not to just incarcerate people yeah, but to provide correct fair um, rehabilitation to uh, uh, you know to to ensure that uh, if people are being punished, then that punishment is meaningful um, and 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 uh, and productive. That when this person has served their time, while they're serving their time, they are um, they, they are given um, you know access to provisions which makes them a better human being. They are trained. They are given counselling, mentoring. So when they do come out. They become, um, you know, a, a responsible member of society, um, and, and it seems to me that, like everything else in within the the, the first world, it, it, what's happened over the years is the cause and the reason um, um, about people about society have kind of gone uh, secondary. What's become um, what's taken over is the money aspect of it so what organizations say is they will say okay well we can provide this provision we can rehabilitate someone provided we get the funding mm. for it everything is based around funding mm. so the need of the people has become secondary mm. and and to to secure funding um and what's happened is um different governments when they come into p 
power at different times have their own agendas. They come with different policies. And what they do is they create the funding system with, uh, with, with clauses saying, well, yes, you can, this department will get this funding, but then what comes with the funding is their agenda. So if a government has been kind of been in power for four or five years and a system, look, in, in these kind of places, systems take time to embed and to develop. And by the time something actually starts to work, another government comes in, <coughs> excuse me, and looks to change it. So mm. what needs to happen is there needs to be ring-fenced areas where, um, you know, rehabilitation is rehabilitation, irrespective mm. of which government comes in. Mm. S- rules need to be followed. And th- criminal justice system should not be uh, um, a political football for people. Mm. Um, fine, you can play your politics in respect of who's going to be your, who's going to be in the minister for it or whatever systems you're going to be putting in place at the top. But when it comes to somebody who's incarcerated, who is... Um, that's the kind of the end uh, of of the of the cycle where somebody is punished. Well, you want to make sure that that person doesn't come back into that facility once they've gone out to society. You want the whole point is when they hit the society, they become responsible people who, um, instead of taking from society, are contributing to society. Mm. That's the ultimate aim, isn't it? Mm. To ensure that a person who's committed a crime doesn't commit it again. Yep. You know, putting in a in a simplistic term, mm. and that isn't happening, is it? Because repeat offending is just a norm. Mm. Women, um, and again, they need to identify why homelessness, homelessness, mm. poverty, abuse, domestic abuse, physical abuse. Um, you know, um, it, it's not just. You need to tackle the root cause of mm. why somebody is make, committing a crime. Mm. You know, and it's it's those kind of things. It's not. Uh, um, it's a very very broad um, um, range of reasons mm. why um, why people, and especially women, are going down uh, the route of of criminality. A lot are, are saying they don't have an option. They need to eat, feed. They have children. Mm. A lot of them are vulnerable, and they have vulnerable children. And when the system isn't there to protect them, then sometimes, uh, and wrongfully, the thought the thought is wrong. Wrong that they go down the route where they think criminality is the only route available to them. And what happens when they get caught? They lose their children. The children go into the care system, and then when and, and the care system is inadequate. And what that happens is it it uh, a child. Um, doesn't develop enough and and doesn't get access to education and proper care. So when they come out of the care system, they they're not equipped to deal um, with the um, with the norms of society, mm. and they can't kind of um, mix and and to develop in the society. So where do they go to? They go again uh, into criminality. Mm. So it's like this this vicious circle that we tend to be going in. Yeah, it's it's um you know you put it um, eloquently to say the least, but um you know there is a big responsibility uh, of the government to go back to that point, you know um to quote uh, 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 his holiness uh, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmed may Allah be his helper again, frustrations do not dissipate on their own because where there is frustration there is always a reaction therefore every government should 
implement sensible and fair policies that keep in mind the rights and requirements of citizens and immigrants alike. Uh, September 8th, 2018, at the 43rd Annual Convention in Germany. You know, to focus on a few last points before we hit the 8 o'clock news, gender-responsive non-custodial initiatives uh, to reduce the unnecessary imprisonment of women through legal reforms should be promoted. Um, You know, you could also promote equal representation of women in criminal justice institutions, like we were talking about earlier, particularly in positions of authority, um, through policy, advice and guidance. And also you could assist um, prison administrations to address the specific needs of women in prison to eliminate discrimination and achieve basic gender equality. So strengthening women's access to legal aid and the capacity for uh, capacity building for legal aid institutions and service providers, as well as legal empowerment for uh, women in the community. And these are just some of uh, the points uh, to solve this issue. We are coming up to the hour. Um, you're listening to myself, Kayum, and my young brother, Bashir. Um, we have been talking about uh, the criminal justice system and uh, the challenges that that, that faced uh, by this system, which are not its own fault because the system is designed by different variant governments, civil servants, and people who um, who have an agenda um, or have restrictions placed on them before they even start to think about looking for solutions. Um, we, when we come back, we're going to go on to our next topic um, of the morning. So do stay tuned. Um, grab yourself another cup of coffee. Make me one. Send it to me while you're at it. And uh, and uh, we'll join you after the 8 o'clock news. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording. And lines are now closed. of Islam radio Does religion in general and Islam in particular provoke the sentiments like intolerance, cruelty and terror? Does it really make sense to correlate intolerant and unjust attitude to a certain religion or a specific school of thought? If yes, then the roots of such attributes must be traced into the basic scriptures of that very religion. For instance, in case of Islam, without even a shadow of doubt, the Holy Quran is believed to be the most fundamental, preserved and reliable source of all the teachings followed by the Sunnah, the actual conduct of the Holy Prophet of Islam, peace be upon him. Now, if you go deeper in this aspect or in this discussion, you will find that the Quran um, has set a very, very high standard. 
actually demands from us to deal with our fellow beings as we're dealing with our close relative. In Allah ya'maru bil adli wal ihsani wa itaiz al qurba that really Allah enjoins justice and the doing of good to others and giving like kindred and forbids indecency and manifest evil. Where is the justice of those Africans who once they began to rule their countries, they mistreated their own people, they reserved the rights of their own people, no white skin was involved. It was the black hands who turned murderer when they got the state power behind them. Right or wrong? That's right. That's right. Where is the justice there? So the justice is not a racial issue. Justice is neither on this side nor that side. The reasons for violation of justice lie deeper in human morality. And that can only be done with reference to God and in no other way. Otherwise, the rule that the man knows here on earth is that might is right. So whoever gets the might, he's pro- he proves himself to be wrong. And what, whenever he is proved to be wrong, from a religious point of view, he's unjust. But from the formula which is working in the secular world, his wrong is also right, because might is right. It is imposed, it is maintained, and he runs away with whatever he does. So we are talking of a chaotic world where the rule of God is not established. And as such, the issue of justice from moral way, from moral viewpoint cannot be raised. Return to God and commit yourself to the will of God, offering your complete subservience to his will. Then the justice will begin to play its role. Only then. And then the questions will be raised. Why such a people who have really submitted to the will of God can also act contradictory to what they have committed? But these people are free. You are free. Africans are free. The West is free. Free to enslave others. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Good morning. Welcome back to Tuesday Morning Breakfast Show with myself, Kayum, and we have with us young brother Bashir. Um, and we're going to go on to our second uh, segment of the morning, which is NASA helicopters to collect samples from Mars. Um, brother Bashir, um, you want to elaborate on uh, on what is what are they talking about? Yep. So, um, according to Space.com, NASA officials involved with the Mars sample return MSR effort announced earlier on July twenty seventh um, that they plan to redesign the mission, abandoning a previous concept that called for a uh, European Space Agency fetch rover that would touch down on its own lander. You know. So, what is the Mars? sample return effort 
The Mars Sample Return campaign is an effort to bring samples of Martian rocks and soil back to Earth, where they can be investigated in unprecedented detail <coughs> using all the capabilities of terrestrial laboratories. The Sample Return mission uh, architecture is designed to continue the work begun by NASA's uh, m- uh, Mars 2020 rover. This campaign is part of NASA's long-term uh, effort of robotic exploration of Mars to develop uh, advanced technologies and hardware for this mission. NASA is working together with its various centers and the European Space Agency as well. Um, so just before we go into the Islamic perspective on this, you know, we were talking about this, uh, I believe, last week. We were talking about um, just Mars in general. We were talking about um, outer space and, uh, you know, how how it's being explored. Um so in this uh, so in this segment uh, as well, we're covering uh, a similar but uh, different as well uh, topic at the same time. You know, th- we have covered the uh, Mars rover in the past, the 2020 rover that was uh, sent to, uh, uh, you know, to initiate this uh, effort to bring back samples. And, you know, why is it so important that we get these samples? Um, you know, it will help us to understand the composition of Mars, um, which has been, which last week talking to a uh, an expert on this topic, um, he said Mars is um, the most habitable planet in our solar system compared to all the others. Um, so it is important that we are able to find um, these, uh, we are able to gather these samples, analyze the composition and um really see not only um, looking at whether there was life on Mars but whether there can be life on Mars whether it can be habitable um, we have we have some knowledge of its uh, atmosphere and you know can we reside in it and the answer right now is no um, but you know further exploration um, will lead us to discover whether this statement holds true um, but Brother Kuhn, what is the Islamic perspective on this? Well, His Holiness, Hazrat uh, Mirza Masuram, the fifth caliph of the Promised Messiah, and the head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, may Allah strengthen his hand, <coughs> stated during a conference with the Ahmadiyya Muslim Research Association, he said, Certainly the Holy Quran does not shy away from science or discourage its followers from the study. It's actually quite the opposite. The Holy Quran instructs believers to explore investigate and utilize their intellect and God-given faculties. Indeed, those who strive to advance human knowledge for the benefit of humanity will reap the rewards of Allah Almighty for their efforts. Um, furthermore, I mean, the Promised Messiah, the founder of uh, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, on whom be peace, stated that the continued study of uh, sciences, physics, astronomy, and the sciences will always lead a righteous person towards God Almighty. The more they learn about God's creation and the world around them, the more they will appreciate the beauty of God Almighty through the wonders of the universe. I mean, the prophecy about the meeting of life here and elsewhere belongs to the same category that remains unfulfilled. May we live long enough to witness the glorious day when life on earth will establish some sort of communion with life in space. And this is the, this quotation is from um, the Revelation, Rationality, Knowledge and Truth, book written by the fourth caliph of the Amri Muslim community, Hazrat Tahir Ahmed, may Allah have mercy on his soul. It's a fantastic book. Mm. I mean, you know, you name it. Um, it, it, it covers 
um, um, you know, there, there's something you will find, uh, or some guidance you will find in that mm. book on that topic. But um, look, it, it's it's uh, one of the arguments people always have nowadays is uh, is you know they they separate science from religion mm. within the Amli Muslim community over the years. You know, um, I think it's been proven infinite number of times how uh, you know the, the Holy Quran the the the, the broad horizons of Holy Quran and one of the reasons why it's called the book of guide it's a guidance of God Almighty mm. and it, it will be till the end of time mm. because it deals with every um, uh, every invention every progression every development in man in machine in science mm. it has information in it um, which just has yet to be deciphered to mm. be honest with you um, but as new black holes are developed mm. and found, they, then you find a, a verse in the Holy Quran that reflects exactly that. Um, you know, as and when new um, the, the the human mind um, explores and and finds um, new inventions. Um, you know, be it Mars, be it uh, new planets, mm. you will find um, that the Holy Quran has spoken about it. Uh, Fourteen hundred years ago, mm. so you know it, it's is to to separate these two is is uh, doesn't make sense. Mm. Islam and science are intertwined; mm. um, they go hand in hand. Um, but without um, Islam, um, from a from a Muslim perspective, mm. or even from a scientist perspective, um, you know that famous quote that we we never get tired of saying it: that when Doctor Abdul Salam, the first physician to to get uh, the the Nobel Prize for physics. For his theory that his inspiration came from the Holy Quran. Mm. Now you know he is a scientist who's telling you that look, my inspiration came from the Holy Quran, which mm. a book which was written fourteen hundred years ago. Mm. So the information was there for fourteen hundred years, but nobody ever read it and understood what they were talking about. Mm. But he did. So as as and when people and and you know guidance and and leaders who come who guide us towards reading uh, th- th- this this book of God. Uh, and it is it is direct words of God. Uh, you know, n- people will, will will find more inventions and more, uh, and the progression will be that much more quicker. Mm. You know, once His Holiness uh, uh, was asked a question about, well, um, His Holiness was talking about belief in God and and uh, and progression and and success, and somebody asked a question, well, if somebody doesn't believe in God, are you saying that they're not going to be successful? And His Holiness said, no, of course I'm not saying that. He said, what I'm saying is, if somebody who doesn't believe in God and, and, and works on their own accord, on their intelligence, and they achieve something in 10 years, fantastic. All I'm saying to you is, when you believe in God, when you practice and you do things for the pleasure of God, that success may come will, will come to you that much more quicker. Hmm. So they, you won't have to wait 10 years. Hmm. You'll probably get it in three, four, hmm. maybe two. Maybe you'll get it tomorrow. Hmm. But what I'm saying is, when you're when you're when you're doing things for the pleasure of God Almighty in accordance with the rules and regulations set by God Almighty, mm. then then God will reward you, mm. and God has promised you that mm. that we will reward you. And science is 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 no different in this in this in this as well. When um, you know, if you look at um, the, the field of science, the number of Muslims, um, and again, if you go back to the Renaissance, the the, the golden age of Islam. Mm. You know, the father of chemistry, father of biology, father of physics, father of optics, all these great Sufis there and, 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 and academics and philosophers at that time, where did they get their inspiration from? Mm. It was the Holy Quran. Mm. It was God Almighty that was their inspiration. Mm. So 
it's not something that needs to be proven. It has been proven. Mm. The fact is, when people, again, uh, you know, the, the, the progression, the supposed evolution and progression of man is that they stop believing in God and they start thinking of themselves as God. Mm. They think that they are the, 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 you know, the one and only. Um, they look f- to get credit for their, um, for, for something that uh, they think that they have invented uh, without any assistance from elsewhere. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and that's where the problem lies, where they, because a lot of people can't understand the, and, and fathom the understanding of, of the creator, um, and they, they separate uh, faith uh, from 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 science, whereas um, again I'll say it again, but I started off with conversation that uh, um, uh, you know they're intertwined, mm-hmm. and and this notion of like extraterrestrials, Islam believes in them. Mm. Muslims should believe in them, because God Almighty isn't restricted just to Earth, is he? Mm. He's he's the mm. Lord of all the universe. Mm. Mm. Yes, so if he's the Lord of all the universe, he's got to be Lord of something, isn't it? Mm. So they are clearly common sense would say. Of course, there's extraterrestrial life. Mm. It might not be in the form of ET, mm. or it might not be in the form that we think we see in films. Mm. You know that there's going to be an alien of this shape, mm. um, and always we we look at them and we think we are, you know, the 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 that we always paint the alien to be superior, mm. uh, to be to be um, th- than man. Nobody knows, mm. but we do know they exist. Yeah. Because God has God has been referred to as 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 God of all the all the universe, mm. and we know that Earth is just a small part of the mm. universe. So, if there are other planets, there needs to be more life out there, isn't there? Mm. And and again, this this trip to Mars, it it will it will that's uh, you know once uh, once more research is found or once. They found they find quicker methods and they speed up and, and the time to get to Mars sh- shortens and shortens and shortens. Then eventually they will find something, hmm. if not on Mars on something else, but they will find something because it's it's something that uh, that that you know gets written about and and uh, and uh, as I said, everything that was written in the Holy Quran as revealed to the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Over time, every invention, every progression um, in 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 the, the, the in the evolution of man's mind uh, and uh, and progression in and Islam is one of the most progressive religions in the world and it embraces progression. Hmm. Um, so that's, that's that's the thing that um, you know a lot of critics say uh, when it comes to scientific discoveries and such. It's like it's like um, the perspective mm, these critics have is that. Um, once a discovery has been made, mm-hmm. then then uh, you know believers uh, say, "Oh, this statement says this," mm-hmm. uh, and it's like, "Oh, um, you know, it's so obscure that um, you know we can say it, we can say that uh, this leads to that, this leads to that, mm-hmm. this leads to that," and it's a sort of uh, this critique is that um, you know kind of goes uh, goes it goes against the historical um, knowledge that was so widely. Um, uh, available at that time, you know, and when it's taken out of context as well, it's a uh, it, it destroys the whole perspective as well. I think so. When you look at the history, when you look at um, you know verses that say uh, you know planets move along smoothly in their orbits, uh, to paraphrase uh, the Holy Quran, uh, things like that, you know, who, who knew what an orbit was in um, you know the 
in that time, mm-hmm. in uh, 1400 ye- uh, years ago. And these these discoveries, when you look at when they were actually discovered, um, came later and later on. Mm. Um, you know, there's many things that, um, you know, do relate. One of my um, favorite um, evidences that I've seen so far is um, the, um, the body of uh, um, the... The Pharaoh. Oh, the Pharaoh. Yes, yeah. and and it will be an example to mankind. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, because um, you know, um, this, as uh, the <laughs> Holy Quran narrates, again to paraphrase, but uh, you know, Pharaoh obviously was chasing um, uh, the Prophet Moses and um, you know the Israelites um, to get them back because they had you know after the plagues uh, and so on and so forth, they had earned their freedom or at least made the move to move out of Egypt. And um, when he chased them across the river, uh, across the sea, um, uh, I'm sure you know better than me, but... Uh, I don't. I'm not, <laughs> a, I'm not a scientist. But I do, you know, there's, there's some things which just are rational, mm. make sense. Uh, I, you know, from a sign perspective, um, I, I read uh, when the Holy Prophet mentioned how traveling by camel will become obsolete he talked yeah, about how yeah. you know the, the, the people will be sitting on a donkey and mm. they will be sitting on the belly of fire mm. uh, and they will be able to travel you know yeah. within hours what uh, what people uh, you know normally tra- it took days to travel now yeah. common sense would say okay well one well, let's look at an airplane mm. people sit on the fuel tank mm. that's the belly of fire mm. they do travel really quickly yeah. um you know cover thousands of miles yeah. and hours Whereas, and now people don't travel by camel anymore. So if one was to think rationally, what the Holy mm. Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he knew 1,400 years mm. ago. How did he know 1,400 years ago that, yeah. that, that people would be traveling by plane, mm. um, you know, I- I centuries later? That's, that's the problem, though, because um, um, for critics, they see the lexicon. Mm. They see belly of the beast. They see donkey. Mm-hmm. And they think primitive. They mm-hmm. don't think... Um, and no, that. but but there's again a rationality. Yeah, one needs to be able to learn to join the dots. Yeah, if you're going to be stuck on one dot, mm. knowing that there are other dots, but it doesn't suit. If it doesn't suit mm. your narrative, if it doesn't suit your belief system, mm. you will hesitate to go to that dot because to go to that dot, you need to say, well, hold on, I need to think broadly. I need to come think out of the box. And if I was to go and attach this to the, the lines between the dot, I may be proven wrong, or I may have to say, yep. Yeah, there is an alternative. Hmm. And that's where the problem is. Everybody's so stuck in their system. Um, you know, and I'm not talking just the scientists. If you look at religious clerics around the world, irrespective of what faith you come from, hmm. the notion of um, um, of Adam and Eve, hmm. I always discuss, think, okay, you believe in Adam and Eve were the first people on this earth. Hmm. So many other beliefs too. We hmm. don't. Hmm. How is it that you can believe in Adam and Eve being the first people and then on the other side you believe in the Neanderthal man? How, mm. how does that? How, how do you connect those two? And that's where that science and religion. That's don't connect. right. Exactly. Mm. You know. So so there's got to be and and with with the grace of Allah, uh, you know, the, with the revival movement of the Promised Messiah of Islam, Ahmadiyya, the teachings that the, the Promised Messiah on whom be peace has has taught us, is is not from clerics or sages or or saints. It's directly from the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Mm. who was an embodiment of the Holy Quran, which Mm. was word of God Almighty, that these things are already written there. Mm. That, you know, everything within this earth is intertwined with Mm. each other. 
you take one thing away, it will have a negative effect on something else. When we yeah. were talking earlier on the last topic, when we talked of criminality, when we talked of women being treated in a certain way, and then, you know, if they're not given the provision and the nurturing, their next generation will come and go full circle and do exactly the same thing. Mm. So, th- th- it's, and life is like that in circles, in science, in, in, in sociology, in economics, you name it. And one thing that connects them all is religion. Mm. Now, as you so rightly say, it's a question of wanting to believe and wanting to think out of the box um, and to and to be positive mm. and, and to believe that, hold on, this makes sense. Mm. It makes sense. And to me, again, I'm not a scientist. Nothing to do with it. Far from it. I don't even know how to spell it. Mm. I find it strange when S comes and this is it S-C-I-E-N. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what, what's the C there for? <laughs> what? what are you? Again, I'm not a scientist. It doesn't work for me. Mm. It goes whoosh, over my head when, when, you know, to me, science is Star Trek. Mm. So, <laughs> but your generation um, of, of the, the, you know, it's it's more of a a, a topic of, of interest for a lot of youth mm. because, um, because science has changed. The development has changed, whereas before science was all um, at a different level. Mm. There was a hierarchy or it wasn't directly having an impact on your everyday lives. Yeah. But science has has progressed so much that the younger generation have got the benefit of, of that much more knowledge and their everyday life mm. has to have science in it. You know, what's really um, <clears throat> strange is... Um, you know that statement you just made that back in the day essentially science used to be a commodity that's um, right and it used to be for the elite yes so you know people like um, someone like Newton someone like um, uh, you know all these other scientists that have come in the past um, um, you know these people uh, for example Richard Owen who made the Natural History Museum these people um, were elitists and so they could afford to look at the science and make these discoveries, but now in this, um, it's in, every day. Yeah, but not even that. It's it's kind of seen as the poor man's um, profession, isn't it? Mm. If you go into research, uh, there's not as much money to but, be made. But if you look at it, progressive <clears throat> point. If you look, I remember a time when, if I wanted to, I, when I used to live in Pakistan, we mm. wanted to make a phone call to another city. Mm. We had to go to an operator who would then make a phone call, who would book a time that for you'll be able to make a phone call for three minutes. Mm. And then they used to, they and you know you had to go through an operating system. And I'm talking about what 30, 40 years ago. Mm. And now, I can I can at a, a click of a button I can contact somebody around the, on 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 the other side of the world. Mm. Or you know, I can speak to I can speak to a computer in Mars. Mm. Mm. That's progression in forty years. Mm. And and that's the craziness. In in our days when we were young, and yes, I talked to you when I mentioned that to me, science is Star Trek because mm. I remember the days when Captain James T. Kirk used to open his his uh, his little uh, taser on his on mm. his, uh, you know, and the, the the face of the person who used to talk to you used to appear on the phone, and we used to say, "Yeah, that's never going to happen." <laughs> Look at you know face recognition mm. now. You know, you can make a phone call from your watch. Mm. You can make a payment. Look at the progression now in Sweden. They implant the chip. Your bank chip is implanted in your wrist, in your palm of your hand. Mm. So you can just make your payment by by just um, uh, scanning your hand on top of the of, of the pay machine. Mm. That that is a that is a 
uh, I think we could we could talk about that for for hours as yes. well. And um, well, the reason I mentioned <laughs> the reason I mentioned money is because that's going to be our next segment. Mm. So I kind of wanted to make a segue into yeah. <laughs> into into. But again, when we talk about money, science is part and parcel of it. Mm. You know, and pr- again, progression. And I know a lot of people are going to think, well, hold on, we started to talk about Mars, yeah. but 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 Mars is 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 a, is on another planet, and the whole point, what we, me and Bashir, are trying to make is, in order to to get from from here to Mars, one one needs to believe in science, and this yeah. science is is that uh, has uh, enabled science, um, people to 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 make it possible to get to Mars. I think just before we do wrap this uh, uh, topic up, is well, let's go back to. Uh, the uh, the mission that was uh, we were talking about, please, and uh, give it some justice. So, you know, describing the design of the helicopters and you know what the timeline is for this mission. The mission is to bring back ancient Martian artifacts to Earth, uh, which will now involve two small helicopters. The helicopters will be similar to Ingenuity in terms of size and mass, but with two key differences. They have landing legs. At the bottom of them, mobility wheels. Uh, this new capability will allow the helicopters to, to traverse across the surface. A mini robotic arm on each of the crafts uh, will allow the drones to pick up the sample tubes Perseverance leaves behind. Um, and, you know, Perseverance, we were talking about that before, um, was was uh, the rover that was launched on July 30th, uh, 2020 and landed on February 18th, 2021 on Mars and was designed to explore the Jezero crater on Mars for signs of ancient microbial life, uh, which could uh, advance NASA's quest to explore the past habitability of Mars. You know, what that rover did was it had a drill to collect core samples of Martian rock and soil, then store them in sealed tubes for pickup by future missions that will return uh, them to Earth for detailed analysis. And NASA believes that even if the mission does not discover any signs of past life, it will still help us in our future exploration of Mars. So, um, and this, uh, talking about uh, the lander again, the um, the helicopters, the sample return lander will uh, launch in July 2026 and will arrive on Mars in August uh, 2028. In September 2026, the Earth return orbiter will be launched. The arrival on Mars will be in October 2027. So a few um, interesting things to look ahead towards. Um, the planned return of samples to Earth is in 2031. The expected duration of this mission is five years. Um, and that does bring us to the end of this segment. Um, and we will uh, be shortly moving on to our next segment. Before we move on, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back uh, from the break, we're going to go into our final segment, which is all about business, money, um, location, location, location. Mm. So do stay tuned, um, and we'll be right back after a brief message. That is correct. But uh, when you travel out of uh, the atmosphere of this Earth, you see to it that you carry the atmosphere of Earth along with you. And this is why you travel in enclosed, uh, uh, highly um, sophisticated um, tubes or what you call rocketry, which is well provided to protect you against the influences of the space around you. So if other beings 
try to enter this earth the one thing is obvious that they would also have developed to a degree where could they where they could undertake such journeys and if they have developed scientifically to that degree they would come well prepared and our atmosphere will not harm them like their atmosphere when we travel beyond the atmosphere of earth does not harm us if we stick to the capsules in which we are traveling yeah but no i mean like that um they might be the same kind of people like us they say no no they might be might not be that is we don't know why should we conjecture the fact is that we have no knowledge whatsoever because we have not established any contact and we can't uh, confine allah's creations to the <coughs> experience on this earth if the conditions in different place planets or different stars are different from this earth naturally the life would be in conformity there with the conditions found there so how can you expect them to grow like us if the situation there is very different but life there can be of some sort maybe it's more like a robot maybe it's not a flesh life made out of flesh maybe it is fly life made of out of chips and things not the potato chips i mean uh, you know the the computer chips yeah, i mean microchips the microchips yes or maybe their life is made of bundles of energy which can't be observed and seen with naked eyes and which are attuned to such high radiation that the radiation there in those areas does not harm them so why why do you limit the possibilities of allah's creation but he can create life from every material which is available to him which he himself has created allah akbar allah akbar allah أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمدا listening to the voice of islam radio the enricher the one who satisfies the needs of his creation and if you fear poverty allah will enrich you out of his bounty if he pleases surely allah is all knowing wise la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah simplified answers to frequently asked questions why are interest rates prohibited in islam paying interest is a way of increasing the lender's money to the detriment of the one who receives the loan it encourages taking the advantage of those who are in need 
for the benefit of those who are already wealthy and powerful. It is also a way of the accumulation of money in the hands of the few who own capital sums. This is not allowed in Islam. As a matter of fact, Islam encourages exactly the opposite attitude. In Islam, if someone has a large sum of money, this person has to pay 2.5% of this money every year if the money is not being used in any trade or business. This sum is paid towards charity. This encourages a Muslim not to hoard money without exerting any effort and to use it for the betterment of the society as a whole. A new station, the Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with the Voice of Islam. Welcome back to Tuesday Morning Breakfast Show with myself, Gayoum, and Brother Bashir. On to this final segment of the morning, which is the best UK regions to start a business. We're going to be looking at it from a, from a location perspective and see what provision is available um, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna see what what is what is on offer. Um, Bashir, what's your take on business? Um, your cup of tea? Business is a very interesting field. Um, you know, I think back in school, it was probably seemed as uh, seen as a, a sort of a field you're not really supposed to go into unless you have no other option. But Actually, having um, seen um, it from uh, the insider's perspective, I think I think business is 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 actually really really good if you can um, establish a business, um, which which not only encompasses your passion, but um, you know can benefit people as well. But everything is a business, even mm. when you get a job. You have to work for a business. Mm. A business doesn't necessarily mean a financial enterprise, mm. even if it's a social enterprise. Mm. It has to be a business. It has to run and generate money in order to make you pay your wages. Mm. So some way or the other, even irrespective of what kind of organization one works for, there will be an element, there will be a very strong element of business. Mm in how they generate income. Yeah, so business is a very broad term, isn't it? And it I is. think in this in this sort of uh, in this sort of uh, context we're more focusing on personalized business versus It is, uh, yeah. We're not, we're, we're not talking yeah, we are. Mm. We we're, we're talking more what is the perfect location? Mm. Um what are the provisions you need? Um you know, what kind of financial support is available? Um and uh, we we're, we're going to look to or we're going to attempt to 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 kind of cover uh, and see um, that the ten best cities in the UK to start a business. Um, so, what do you think? I mean, but but as I said, what, do you have an interest in business yourself, or is it something that uh, uh, you kind of just fly by? No, no, business is um, has become more interesting to me. Um, especially in the past year, having worked uh, within a business, um, the business being um, sort of interior design. Um, but uh, what what I'm seeing is really anything um, that you want to do, anything you want to make and sell uh, can be done. Um, you just have to have um, a, a sort of people for where you get your resources from, um, your suppliers. Um, you need to have clients who want to have the product and then suddenly you're you have a flow it's like having um you know like uh, a river flowing downhill 
um, suddenly suddenly things are moving. Um, suddenly there is, um, you know, um, movement in the industry. And also it's not only um, looking for places where you can just create a business from scratch. It's also about where business exists and then becoming another link in the chain. Um, and what what can you do to make this service more efficient? What can you do to uh, look at a service that exists and realize that, oh, um, you know, this this isn't working. This could be so much better. Um, you know, and we see so many uh, businesses start off like this and become so successful. For example, Netflix um, approached Blockbuster, which was, um, Blockbuster was, um, you know, back in the day, the shop where you got all the movies and, you know, the films, audio, all of that. Um, and they said, no, it's never going to be, ne- uh, you know, no one's ever going to, uh, you know, watch TV on a sub- subscription or something like that. And now, you know, they're a huge company. You see, two things people need, from mm. business point of view. First and foremost, people don't research. Mm. People copy. Co- even when you copy another business, you got to do your research as to what you're going to copy. Mm. Copying is normal. I would say more than 90% of the world's businesses uh, are are actually copied businesses. Mm. I'm sure if you ever go down a high street, um, you'll see five estate agents in a row. Mm. You'll see five takeaways in a row. You'll see five restaurants in a row. The reason they're all together is because they're all making money. Mm. And what they're doing is they're copying each other's success. They're copying each other's methods and the way they work. And then the niche is that one USP they have that the others, and everybody will have a separate unique selling point. Copying is, look at, um, I, I, you know, Richard Branson, hmm. he's a billionaire. W- what was the niche market that, what was the niche product that he brought to the market? He he co- he, he started with the airline, he, British Airways, hmm. copied it. Um, record shops, record label he started. Um, then he started uh, yeah, bank. Everything hmm. was a copying of another successful business, but he brought his own unique selling point. Hmm. He he brought in um, more. Um, he, he made it cool. Mm. He made finance cool. He made business cool. You know, he had the long hair, the beard, the the, the casual dresser. Um, you know, billionaire who took away the the the, the strip, uh, the 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 pinstripe suit. Mm. He didn't used to wear those. Mm. He kind of made. Um, he he kind of encouraged the the youth, the younger generation, to 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 enter business in a, a with a with a, with a different perspective. Mm. I, I tend to find that business is a must. The, holy, the, the second caliph of the Amli Muslim community, Hazrat Mizza Bashir al-Din Mahmud, may Allah have mercy on his soul, the promised son, he always used to say that, look, we need two types of people. We need people who will devote their life to, to the understanding of Islam and the preaching of Islam. But the other type of person we need um, is merchants, traders, business people, self-employed, people who will become skillful in their own in 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 business why because if if you work for someone that means you're always going to be at the peril of someone else's permission mm. to do things yes mm. if you work 40 hours for and nobody works 40 hours if you work 40 to 60 hours that's the range normally what people work at today mm. for someone else they're going to give you a fixed wage for 40 to 60 hours your time is going to be controlled by someone else. You are at someone else's rules and regulations and mercy as to what you earn and how you earn and what you earn. Mm. 
Whereas if you were to spend 40 to 60 hours working for yourself, you'll be surprised that you will probably minimum make double, if not triple, what you were making working for someone else. Mm. You will have you will probably work less hours than you did when you work for someone else because you'll be able to you'll be in control of your time. But most importantly, you'll make more money. That means you'll be able to make more financial sacrifice. Mm towards towards uh, uh, your, your belief and and more important than that you will be able to perform your prayers mm. without having to seek permission for you to go and do prayers mm. you can get up go and do your prayers and 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 build that holistic um, lifestyle um, from a business perspective um, uh, without having to be answerable to someone else except God Almighty mm. do, do you understand mm. And, but, for, you know, the, the, that's the importance of being business. If one looks at uh, the life of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he married Hazrat Khadija. Hazrat Khadija was a businesswoman. She mm. was one of the most successful businesswomen in that area. Mm. You know, today she probably would be on Forbes, mm. um, you know, richest women. But it's, it's successful business people. Mm. She was a businesswoman. The Holy Prophet himself was a trader. He was a merchant. Mm. So you, if if you know, some people look at it. To to some people, always then tend to follow uh, the teachings and the and the lifestyle. Then then it's a sunnah hmm. that uh, you know it's a, that the Holy Prophet himself was a preacher, uh, was a was a merchant, hmm. and it, it's it's because of his merchant and qualities, his his honesty, his justice, his truthfulness, his fairness, and the fact that he was because of his character, he was able to kind of profit in business. That Hazrat that that, that uh, caught the eye of Hazrat Khatija, mm. and, and she sent a message of uh, of marriage to the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon mm. him. It's the way he did business that that uh, that matters. And and and, and again, there there is a conflict that happens today because a lot of people think you got to you 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 have to kind of um, go into the grey area to make money. Mm. And 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 this is where you know this is where the problem lies. But two things people need to understand: patience and sacrifice. When you work for yourself, there is no sick pay, there is no holiday pay. Mm. There is there, there is you, you you know you need to put the work in in the beginning. Yeah. Um. And you need to you need to be continuously updated on what you're doing. Nowadays they call it CPD, which is continuous professional development. But that's something that has been there forever. It's just that now they label it and, and they are encouraging people to do. But patience and sacrifice is key when it comes to uh, location. And, you know, if, if one was to look at it from a, uh, the government is looking to change this because one of, the, one of the reasons why if one was to look at it from a governmental perspective, the, the country relies on London. London is the best place. A lot of people think London is the capital of of United Kingdom, mm. well, if, if if you look at it from a from a financial point of view, everybody wants to come to London. Everybody wants to invest in London. London is the economically is the capital of the world. London is a country within itself mm. within United Kingdom, but there's only so much pressure you can put on one city. Mm. And so, so we need to be creating more Londons across the country, which will kind of create that leveling up. Mm. So. That leveling up, the reason I mention leveling up is because then that will, that leveling up will provide provision for other cities to become good places of business. Mm. Like you mentioned, what, Sheffield? 
Edinburgh, Scot- um, Scotland is in, in, in you know Edinburgh and, Sc- and, and Glasgow is a good area. Mm. Uh, Sheffield was one of the hubs of of steel in the world mm. in a, at certain time, but of course the nature of business has changed. So, you know, you, you three things I mentioned: patience. I mean, I mentioned sacrifice. Research. You must, must, must do extensive research mm. before you get into any kind of business but do do kind of um elaborate on on this this location business yeah so you know we were talking about 10 cities to start a business so you know obviously london meets all the right criteria um you know countless opportunities there um but we look at edinburgh as well um large city with a lot of attraction for potential business owners uh, with the fourth highest rate of business survival and the second largest active business population, uh, Leeds is a great prospect for people wanting to start a business as well. Bristol uh, placed second for business survival rate and fifth for full fibre broadband coverage. Birmingham uh, offers a lot of potential for businesses wanting to set up an area. It has the important role in the UK's economy um, uh as well um, as Sheffield um, whose economy is now showing a great deal of variety with a strong advanced manufacturing industry um, as you mentioned the steel industry um, that had um, existed previously as well as a fast growing creative and digital sector Sheffield has the a third highest business survival rate um, Coventry is another um, one to look at and it has the eighth best business survival rate and the second highest full fibre broadband coverage. Manchester is another one which has two enterprise zones to support business uh, businesses in that region. The Oxford Road Corridor is focused on innovation and technology, uh, whilst the airport city provides business uh, with travel links by car, train, tram or plane. Liverpool is attracting a lot of new businesses with its strong economy, which makes it a very attractive place for businesses to invest and it's a good location for both national and international businesses. And Cardiff ranks 10th for business survival and to encourage businesses uh, to start up um, in the city. <coughs> and there is a central Cardiff enterprise zone which can offer businesses uh, financial support and other benefits to help them grow. But So what, what are the benefits of having your own business? Mm. To, look at, um, to look at the benefits... Um, you know, you're, you're, uh, you, you were saying this before, um, a lot of these points I will be reiterating. You are your own boss and you don't have to fear uh, getting fired. And, you know, you can make these decisions freely. Running your own business gives you the opportunity to earn more money than if you are employed by someone else. You benefit from your own hard work. And that can be an issue as well, is, um, you know, if you don't have a routine in place, if you can't handle yourself... Um, discipline yeah if you can't be disciplined then you're you're gonna have to work for someone else Uh, you know there is no such thing as a get rich quick scheme Mm. which is which is where a lot of uh, people um, from different generations who who tend to fall for this this Mm. trap that so many people advertise that yeah you know start your own business get rich quick scheme Mm. You know, I, I mean, personal belief. I think crypto is one of those things where mm, you know definitely. a lot of people kind of lose. You know, ninety-eight percent of the people lo- who lose money in it's, crypto. It's just it's just legal gambling, isn't it? Yeah, 
yeah, you know, it's again even the legality of it, um, mm. you know, is 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 questionable. Um, but the point is that that you're correct that you need to have a discipline mm. um, um, in in uh, in doing business. And in, in the olden days, people always have they had their job, but they always had the side. They they, they used to call it the sidekick, mm. the side hustle, as they call it nowadays. Yeah. What's your side hustle? Because mm. We, we talked about inflation. We talked about cost of living. Mm. Um, with the with, with the, the advantage today uh, that is available to to people to who start businesses today, is in the olden days they didn't have access to the world. The notion of globalization wasn't there. Mm. Your market was within a certain mile radius of of your location. Mm. Today you can be based in in Sheffield and selling to Timbuktu. Mm. Because of the the because of social media, because of internet, because of mm. World Wide Web, because of all of these other facilities mm. that are available to businesses, so you can actually afford to think globally. Mm. Um, and but it also means you need to know what your market is. Mm. Product knowledge is so 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 important. Um, and and again, you know, a, a, a lot of things that a lot of people set up businesses in drop shipping. Drop shipping is something that happened over the past couple of, um, I would say, past couple of years. Mm. Um, drop shipping was, you know, they they sold it as the big business, as the future of business, and then and then market starts to saturate. People start to make less and less and less and less money because you're not doing anything. Mm. Drop business is is just utilizing. Um, a bit of uh, creativity in respect of how you order something and sell something and 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 sell in volume, mm. but you are kind of util- you're kind of the middle agent. You're an agent between two mm. parties. That's what you are. Mm. So it's not a, it's not a business um, as as in which will take you. Um, you know, it will carry you for a long term, mm. and and that's what a lot of. And don't get me wrong. If that's what you want to do, you want to make a short term business, which will supplement your income. Mm. Fantastic. But think about it. Side hustles are important because those are the things which um, which will carry you through bad times. Mm. Or a lot of people, the, the way they used to do is they say, okay, I work, I get a, I get a salary, my salary will pay for my everyday bills, mm. and my side hustle will be my saving. Mm. It, 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 that's how people used to do. Mm. But again, there needs to be a discipline. Um, um, you need to do, you need to kind of develop a mindset. You need to show patience. Mm. Sometimes things will be harder, um, yeah. and and you need to kind of persevere. Yeah. Um, and 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 people and you need to read. Mm. We talked about science earlier. We talked about uh, you know the, the ever changing, um, um, and 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 progressing, uh, and new new innovations coming. Mm. Business is no different mm. now. Business is that much more. Uh, progressive now comparatively to before because of science mm. new new inventions new new communication tools so you need to be up to date mm. with how and what is happening within the system that you're looking to work in I've noticed um, in a lot of um, uh, uh, an issue with that is that a lot of people get fixated on finding the latest the best thing uh, the the new breakthrough the yeah, invention it's, it's crazy yeah and it's it, it you know point is you need you need something that works mm. if you know do you if you're going to look for the best and you're looking gonna, you're going to say for the top of the innovative stuff you want then you need to back it up with 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 finances mm. if you have the money for it yes and if you know that that whatever you're going to be looking to buy 
is going to be cost effective because mm. end of the day it's a business business isn't it you need to know whether it's a business need or it's your need because mm. it's two different things mm. and this is where people kind of tend to tend to make mistakes they look when when I, when you sell something you're not selling something that that you think you like mm. you need to sell something which the your customer will like yeah yeah yes. or or just creating that need That's that right. they want it yeah it's the need of the customer which is important mm. not your need mm. and uh, this is again this goes back to you need to do your research mm. you need to you need to network communication is one of the key things when it comes to businesses um and you will see a lot of young businesses tend to not survive because they network on phones and emails no networking if even now networking is in person mm. you need mm. to make a phone call you need to yeah. attend conferences you need to go and and uh, and and talk to leaders of the market mm. leaders of the market will always give you time mm. you need to make that connection mm. and and it's it's imperative that uh, um you know from from a, i mean going back to the topic location um depending on your business is become fairly irrelevant now because the computer um allows for you to to bring the world to your screen mm. um you know of course different types where shops and shop fronts and and uh, and and high street footage and um you know fo- you know footfall is important uh, but generally speaking from a young generation's perspective um you know the world is your oyster mm. um everything is possible um am am i mistaken to think we have a clip as well we do um let's go and listen to um our our clip of the morning and according to islamic jurisprudence if an agreement is made between the two parties and that agreement has some clauses offensive to the spirit of islam then the agreement stands and the clauses go they are considered as limited and not valid if however uh, unanimous the agreement be i mean all the parties concerned may be muslims and uh, may unanimously agree to it and sign it yet it will not be binding if they go to bazaar in case of disagreement they wrong if they go to bazaar islamic uh, um, court of justice they would uh, um, uh, delete all those clauses which are offensive to islam and read the agreement as if those clauses clauses were never contained in that but this clause which speaks of fixed rate of interest is offensive to islam it will go the only clause would be left would be they promise to share the loss well and good there is nothing wrong with that if in an agreement both the parties agree to share the loss what objection can islam have as to that we are coming up to the hour just before we finished uh, thank you to everyone for listening please forgive any shortcomings thank you to brother bashir um until we meet again may the peace and blessings of allah be upon you